and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button. Thanks so much for listening. Hi and welcome to the Livestream series. We are kicking off this podcast by looking at the region of openness. Quick little recap, Livestream is a re-messaged way of looking at how Jesus makes a good difference in our life and how that good difference flows through us like a live stream into the lives of the people around us. And this is what Jesus' hope for his way of life would be, that people would, by reading their Bible, meeting together, sharing their stories, having a powerful, present, prayerful relationship with God, infused by his presence, his spiritual presence by the Holy Spirit, would create a life stream from believers to the people in their life, life on life, one by one, and that in doing that, we would see households, neighborhoods, communities, cities, and societies be moved to be changing for the better, to look after their poor, to care for one another, to put others first and live out all the great characteristics we see in Jesus himself and the people who followed him in the New Testament. And we've explored two regions already, what it looks like to actually follow Jesus, thinking that we all follow something, and Jesus is worth following because of the good difference he makes in our life and, and what that means for us when we do that. And I encourage you, go back and have a listen to the following region podcast, if you like. We also heard about curiosity, that actually curiosity is a powerful force of life and that curiosity helps us know what to do when we don't know what to do. And we often find ourselves in that place, when we come to the edge of our knowledge, skills, and experience. Well, what do we do? Do we just bottle up and change, or do we stay rigid and try and make judgments and control and bring others into our space, or do we step into curiosity and begin learning all over again? If you want to check that one out, it's on the podcast also. But today, we're looking at the region of openness. And what is openness? Well, openness is the threshold of change for a person's life. It's the place in which you go where you're actually, your curiosity perhaps, or your following, or your doubt, whatever the journey is, has drawn you to a place where you're open and ready to embrace new answers. And it is a beautiful place. And we're going to look at an example in a book of the Bible that shows two men, contrasts the stories of two men, one who is closed, who becomes open, and one who is open, who uh, moves through his openness to, a, to, a, to achieve something fantastic. We're going to look at their story and learn what we can about being closed and open. We're also going to look at how in openness, there's a dark side and a light side to openness, which is really important for us to recognize. Then we're also going to look at uh, a message from Jesus himself recorded by his friend John in the book of Revelation in the New Testament about what Jesus thinks about openness and what being open to new answers and being open to new ways of doing things and being open to change 
actually can do and, and how it can actually help us live full and wholeheartedly. So, with that introduction underway, let's get into the openness region. I want to read a story for you first. And as I read this story, I want you to pick what the author is doing. The author is Luke, who also wrote a gospel called the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote the book called The Acts of the Holy Spirit. And these two books go together. They're like volume one or two, or a prequel and a sequel. One is about the life of Jesus. The other one, Acts of the Holy Spirit, is about Jesus's presence, his spiritual presence, uh, made possible by the um, the coming of the Holy Spirit. So God's Spirit on earth moving in and through people to do incredible things. And we are finding this story in Acts chapter 9. Very famous story of when Saul became Paul. And as I read it, I want you to look for the contrast between the two main characters of this story. Between Saul and Ananias. The story is split in half. And these men uh, reflect something of what it is. Saul teaches us what it is to go from closed to open. And Ananias shows us what can be achieved when you live in the openness space. So here we go. Meanwhile, while Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way of life that Jesus taught, whether they be men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him and he fell to the ground. He heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? In this case, Lord means like sir or master. He doesn't actually know the name of this great power that's come upon him. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus. Whom you are persecuting, the voice replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They had heard the sound but didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus and for three days he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, my master, my Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying. In a vision, he has seen you, a man named Ananias, come here and place his hands on him to restore his sight. But Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people here in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go! This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to their kings, and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, 
My master, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Wow, what an incredible story. Let me pick out a few things of contrast here in the story. Let's start with the character called Saul, who eventually becomes known as Paul. Saul is breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, and he seeks permission to go and take them prisoner so that they can be tried before the Jewish court in Jerusalem. He is closed to the idea that Jesus has anything life-giving to offer the Jewish religion. And so Paul uses control and power in order to keep things the way they are. However, he does come to the edge of his power, the limit of his control and power, when he is blinded by a massive light and a booming voice while he's traveling to Damascus. He recognizes he has no power in this situation. And he stares up, seeing nothing, doesn't even know the name of this power that is affecting his journey. His closedness leaves him blind. He can't see anything. But this is not only in the physical, it's a symbolic blindness. He, he's not only blind physically, he can't see the world around him, but he's blind emotionally. He obviously has no empathy for his fellow Jews that he's intending to arrest and to try and to, to have. He says he's breathing murderous threats. He's trying to actually take their life. So there's an empathic or an emotional blindness here, a spiritual blindness. He doesn't know who's speaking to him when he comes to the road. And now there's a physical blindness. And this closed posture that comes from him holding on to his own power and control and religion ends him in a space where he is physically blind, emotionally blind, spiritually blind, and now he can't even eat or drink. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Now, if you're blind, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and you can't eat and you can't drink, then you are on a pathway to death, my friends. It is clear that if you cannot nourish your own body, and you can't see, and you can't feel what others are feeling, and you've closed off every facet of your life, then you are on the pathway to death. But God dramatically and graciously steps into that space with a plan to bring life to him. And that plan for life comes through another man, Ananias, who clearly operates out of a posture of openness. The Lord calls Ananias to go and find Paul and he lets him know that Paul knows you're coming and he asks him to pray over him and to pray that he would become open, that he would be able to see, that his health would become restored, that he would receive and be open to the presence of God in his life now. 
and to restore the things that Paul's closed offness was creating in him. So Ananias goes. He 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 does ask the Lord. He questions the Lord. Lord, I'm. It's it's almost as if Luke, as the author, is giving us a little bit of insight into his humanity of Ananias. That the fear that he would have. I know this guy came to my city to hunt us down, and you want me to go and pray for him. Yes, so Ananias does. He's open to embracing this new opportunity, even though it's scary. Ananias's openness looks like courage. It looks like being bold in the face of fear. It looks like being selfless by praying for somebody and, and caring for somebody who he knows has come with an intent not only to take him prisoner, but possibly to murder him as well. And he does this. And this openness to a new change, this openness to God being at work in his life, not only gives him courage, but it also takes the scales off Saul's eyes so that he can see in the physical. And we know that there's, there's three levels of his seeing. It's not just in the physical, but now he can see with empathy the believer before him, Ananias, and he can also see that God is at work through the people who are following Jesus. And then he gets up, he experiences the power and presence of God in his life through baptism, and then he takes some food and his strength comes back. Then he's able to go and fulfill the call that God has on his life. He's been moved and from a closed-off sense of I want power and control over my own life and I'm going to also exert that power over anyone who is different to me. He's closed off to that but he is moved by God's grace and the courage of other open people to experience the power and presence of God in his life and to walk in the call that God has for him. And we know as the story goes on what God told Ananias would happen happens. Paul goes to speak to non-Jews and Jews alike and leaders in authority from the people in the palaces to the people on the streets. He begins to speak about the good difference that Jesus makes when we follow him. What a beautiful example of what it is to be moved from closed to open and how being open to new answers and new ways of doing things and new solutions is a life-giving process. If being closed off is the pathway to death, then being open and being able to move through the open region of the life stream concept brings us life and vision and clarity. Interestingly though, there is a light side and a dark side to openness because you can become stuck in the openness region. It can seem so good that you just want to stay there and you become uh, a subscriber or, or a person who lives in the openness posture for the sake of being open. And what it does is make you open to anything. Here's the dark side of openness. I would describe it as the whimsy to fall for anything. Openness seems fantastic and amazing and wonderful. And if you stay there too long, you get lost and you'll fall for anything. 
in this whimsical engagement in the openness region. The light side of openness is similar to that. You do uh, experience the wonder and the amazement of what being open to new changes can bring. But as you move through the region, you learn the wisdom of what to stand for. The dark side of openness is the whimsy to fall for anything. And the light side of openness is learning the wisdom of what to stand for. The problem with being open to anything is that the value in the decision-making tree of openness, if you're open to anything, if anything goes, if everything's permissible, then the, then the value at the top of that decision-making tree is inclusion. And, and, and if anything goes, then you have to include everything. But not everything is good, right? Not everything's beneficial. Not everything's good for societies. Not everything's good for people. Not everything's good. Imagine you're open to trying new foods and you go and just go, oh, everything's good. Anything goes. I have to eat everything there possibly is. Of course, you're going to get sick. You're going to try things that might even kill you. So that's a dark way of moving through the openness region. The light way would be to go alongside chefs and cooks and understand food culture based on traditions that are tried and true, that work, that nourish, that bring health and taste good. So anything goes is a dangerous experience of openness. In fact, in the Bible, we see more evidence for supporting this notion. In the book of Corinthians, Paul picks up on this. Corinth was a little Greek seaport that had a lot of different cultures and societies moving through it. It became known as a very promiscuous and licentious place, a place where anything goes. And as more and more people began to follow Jesus' way of life in that place, Paul wrote to them with some wisdom to help them figure out how to solve some of the problems in their culture and in their society. And he quoted a famous saying that they had in Corinth. In chapter 6 and chapter 10, he said, You say anything is permissible. Everything is permissible. Anything goes. But listen to how he seasons that with wisdom. You say anything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. You say everything is permissible, but I'm not going to let myself be mastered by just anything. In chapter 10, he says, you say everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Not everything's good. You say everything's permissible, but not everything's constructive. Not everything is going to build me up. This is a picture of the light side of openness. Having the wisdom to be able to learn what to stand for instead of the whimsy to fall for anything. This is an important lesson to have in mind as you journey through what it is to be open. You do explore new solutions and you do it with authenticity and integrity. But rather than have the highest value of your decision-making tree be inclusion, where you have to include everything, the highest value of somebody who is open and in the light side 
of openness. The highest value isn't whimsy or inclusion, it's wisdom. It's being willing to look for new answers and embrace new answers with the wisdom to learn from people who have made the same mistakes in the past. This is the light side of openness and an important journey for us all to go on. Finally, I want to look at how Jesus engages with the openness region. And while he doesn't specifically or explicitly speak to an openness region, there's a message from him in the book of Revelation that his friend John recorded that I think beautifully captures what Jesus thinks of what it is to go through the openness region. Now imagine that you lived in the dark side of openness and you're an anything goes kind of person, that inclusivity was your highest value. The problem with that is that you actually become lukewarm to anything that's good and anything that's bad. You take You'd have to take on anything, right? Because your highest order is inclusion. If you exclude somebody, well, if you exclude somebody or someone and your highest value is inclusion, then you are a hypocrite. Your values hierarchy, your ethic and ethos to life begins to implode under its own weight because you say you like inclusion, but really... You just say you like people who are like you and you exclude everybody else. Now, this is hypocritical and it's a, it's a way of thinking that actually crumbles under its own weight. And it's quite bland and lukewarm in the grand scheme of things because it never learns what to stand for. The message that Jesus has in Revelation regarding this is in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And it says this, To the messenger that going to the church in Laodicea, which is a place around the Mediterranean in the times in which Jesus lived. It says this, These are the words of the final Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. And these are all kind of cool titles for Jesus. And Jesus says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. Man, I wish you were one or the other. But because you are lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You are neither hot or cold. Do you see that? The dark side of openness is that we become lukewarm. The light side of openness is that we're either hot for what we believe in and what we stand for, or we're cold towards what other people stand for. And and Jesus is saying, I'd rather you just be one or the other instead of being like in the dark side of openness and stuck in the middle, just hanging there, not really knowing what you want to do. But find something to believe in and go for it, for goodness sake. If it's true, then it will continue to be true and it will work out for the best. If it's not, then you'll fight against it and fight against it and maybe go down with it or... You might become open and understand that there's a more new, courageous, beneficial change. How do we know if we're lukewarm or if we're cold or anything like that? Well, I would ask you to consider the same posture that we read at the beginning. The difference between Saul and Ananias. 
Saul's perspectives kept him closed off. He was about exerting power and control over what he believed and what he did. He was closed off and it led to this. It led to him being emotionally blind. He could not empathically connect with others. It led him being spiritually blind. He couldn't tell that Jesus was in front of him, speaking to him. And it led to him being physically blind, eventually. It also led to his loss of appetite and a decline in health. He was on the road to death. If you analyze your life and the way you look at things, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a believer or not, look at yourself through this lens and search your heart and your mind for anywhere where you might be feeling or thinking like Paul was, trying to exert your own power and control, trying to hold on to things with a death clutch grip, closed off to new thinking and new solutions at the cost of anyone around you and, and, and lacking the empathy to be able to see how it affects other people. If, if you're like that, then you'll probably find, whether you're a Christian or not, that you're walking through life with a closed mentality. But now have a look at Ananias. His eyes were open. He had vision and clarity. He knew when it was God speaking to him about something. He knew what fears he had, but he was bold and courageous enough to accept that he needed to step through them. He was selfless in that he approached the man he knew had come to hurt him, and he laid hands on him and prayed for him that he might have his life brought back to him. Now, if that selflessness and that courage are signs of openness, use them to explore your own heart, your own motivations, your own actions and attitudes, and see how that might help you. And then consider the words of Jesus. I wish you weren't lukewarm, but you were just either cold or hot about the difference I make in life. It's been a great conversation and my hope is that as you've heard this, it's brought your attention to some things about you and about what you may need to consider being open to, but also season that journey, season that thinking with the wisdom to know what to stand for and not just to be open to anything. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or feedback about this, I encourage you to get in touch with us uh, via our website or email at lighthouseadifferentlight.com.au. We'd love to hear what you think. God bless and catch you in the next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website, adifferentlight.com.au. Catch you later.